we're back to another podcast episode of Essential Dynamics, Derek Hudson's perspective on business and how it works and also life. I'm Reed McCollum, your very handsome host, and today I have in the studio Mr. Derek Hudson himself, the guru. Derek, welcome to the program. Reed, it's uh, great to be here, even though you keep calling me a guru and I'm not, but uh, it's great to be here and excited about our guest today and the conversation, which we anticipate will blow everyone away. Well, who is our guest? Our our guest is Michelle Hecken, and I'm going to get, uh, in fact, we're going to have a good conversation about Michelle's uh, story because it's super cool. Okay. Uh, but Michelle right now is, uh, is an executive coach, and so she helps um, entrepreneurs, high-performing entrepreneurs perform even higher. And she probably has a better way of describing it than that. So first of all, Michelle, welcome. Thank you, Derek. It's an honor to be here. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation together today. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you. And I hope that you uh, studied up on the reading material on Essential Dynamics because there will be a test later on. But, but first, we want to hear about your personal journey. Because um, I know that uh, you've got some really interesting twists and turns in your story that, uh, that resulted in you being a business leader here in Edmonton. Um, maybe, maybe like, maybe we could just get started with, um, how did you first of all get interested in being in business at all? Ah, great question, Derek. Um, well, I was born in Toronto to a mom that was Canadian and a dad who was German. And that's relevant because I grew up with both languages, English and German, fluently. And also my parents couldn't really decide where they wanted to live permanently. So we also moved back and forth between Germany and Canada. So not only did I grow up with two different languages, but I also grew up in two different cultures. So throughout um, that path, um, I was always told, oh, you're going to be a great, you should be an interpreter or you should be a translator and, and all of that. And, and I wanted to have nothing to do with it. I, I wanted to be a journalist and an artist and I did not want to be a translator at all. However, lo and behold, when I was in university studying languages and law, um, I met this fellow who was translating books for a publishing house and he was making quite a bit of money. And I thought, well, that would be fun. I can do that. So that's how I got my, my feet wet in translation was at university in Germany, where I translated a book called quantum leap. If you guys still remember that, that came out in the eighties, I translated that book into German. Okay. So you may not know that Reed at that time was in Hollywood. You probably know some of those people Reed. Well, I, I touched, I touched shoulders with some of those people. Yes, but I never worked on quantum leap. I would have wow. liked to. That's yeah. super no cool. Word. Super cool. Yeah. But had I known the translator was going to be a guest here, <laughs> I may have, I may have pushed harder to be working on that show. It was just the book. It wasn't the show. It was just the book. So uh, yeah, basically the, the German broadcast network brought the show to Germany. And then obviously the book sales went along with that. And I translated the book. So that was my first foray into translating and super cool. uh, yeah. 
So what do you do now, Michelle? I We've just met here in the studio. I'm wondering, uh, uh, who are you? What is your quest? What, how, did, how did you become Michelle? How did I become Michelle? Well, you know, I'm still becoming Michelle as we all are still becoming the best version of ourselves. And, uh, but how did I become Michelle? You know, I feel like the journey was really what made it interesting for me. When I started my business, um, I was 22 years old. I 22 years old. I had two children under two. And um, I was doing these translations. I'll, I'll get to your question. Yes. As to what, what do I do now? I trust um, you. I'm interested. <laughs> actually, I, I could easily start with that. Right now, I'm an executive coach and I'm writing a book. My passion is helping successful entrepreneurs create more value in their business while living their life of their dreams without burning out. So that is my purpose and my path right I now just, to you. I'm just going to... I'm just going to stop you right there, Michelle, because uh, your business model is built on purpose X and purpose Y. Yeah. Uh, purpose X being good business, purpose Y being good life. Exactly. Yeah. So I, mean, I, fi- I find that fan- fascinating and we'll get to that, but I just wanted to, you know, absolutely. my question first. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's what I'm doing now. And, and um, the path, Um, has led me here because as I built my company, I I started it um, with a fax machine, basically, and and a very old computer. We moved back here from Germany in 1993 um, with my two kids. By that time, they were like one and two. And I had one client in Germany uh, that was a car manufacturer, and I did translations for them. And they were really upset when I told them I wanted to move back to Canada. And I, w- I read this article about a lady, a translator in Australia, and she would go play at the beach and surf, whatever, all day long until three o'clock when her clients in the U.S. would wake up. And that's when she would start translating. And I'm like, wow, wait a minute. I'm moving to Alberta. That's eight hours behind Germany. So what that means is when my client goes home at five o'clock, it is eight or nine a.m. for me. So I can do all the work and have it back to them when they go back to work the next day. And so that's what I offered. And I offered it through this beautiful invention called a fax machine, which was so exciting in 1993 and 94. So, yeah. So you invented time travel is what you're saying. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> she did a quantum leap. Inst- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Instantaneous translation. I, I, I was going to say I, I put it in my email, but I was I worked in I was working in the eighties and the nineties. Stack it up on that fax machine. Hope all the pages go through. Yeah, and come back the next morning and hope there's a an equivalent pile in English. Is that right? Yep. Pretty much. Wow. Uh, exactly. And, you know, I, I remember one night um, waiting, like, it's two o'clock. I'm working yet another 20-hour day. I should be really happy because these rolls of thermal paper facts are coming in. And so business is rolling in. But I've now had months and months of 20-hour days. And, and I knew that that meant I, I wouldn't see my kids, you know, I wouldn't play my, with my kids that night. And it was another night of takeout. And, and, and um, 
I remember that at the end, when I finished all the translations, I actually had to fax them back and I couldn't go to bed because I needed to wait for that confirmation that everything went through. And, and sometimes oh. it didn't. So sometimes yeah. that was an extra hour, right? Just waiting for everything to go through. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, the, the heart... The hardships we went through with faxes, I was a consultant and we would send reports by fax or proposals. And yeah, you, if you, if that confirmation didn't come back, it was, it, it didn't yeah. go. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, so, so how did you break that, um, that log jam of, I, I mean, I'm assuming you hired someone, but uh, I'm sure that was a big decision. You know, it was actually one of those nights when I stayed up till two o'clock waiting for the confirmation and I'm listening to my answering machine, just, you know, waiting so I can finally go to bed. And the first message on my answering machine is my nail tech. And she's like, hi, Michelle, you have not showed up for your third appointment in a row. We can no longer have you as a client unless you pay us up front. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. Listen to the next message. Beep. Hi, this is your doctor's office calling. You have missed your health checkup today. Please be advised that we have a wait list for our four new, um, new patients. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then the last one was my friend who I hadn't seen in weeks telling me that, you know, she misses me and she hadn't seen me. And, and I realized that I was getting fired from my own life. Wow. I was getting fired for my own life. And I went upstairs and, you know, I looked at my, my girls, a little angel sleeping in their beds. I just lost it. Like I just broke down and I, I realized that if I don't stop doing this, they might one day fire me from their lives. And I didn't want that to happen. So Derek, to answer your question, that's when I decided the next day that I was going to hire translators, I was going to hire proofreaders, and I was going to change this cycle. And so within a year, I had fully offboarded myself from doing translations and proofreading myself. So that was in the mid-90s. Have you done any translating since? No. Nope. Really? Really. Wow. So what did you focus on then? Did you just focus on being the manager? No, I focused on bringing in business for all of these translators and proofreaders that I had trained who were freelancers, but had turned down full-time jobs yeah. in order to keep working for me. So it was my responsibility to make sure that they had enough words to translate and, and that they could keep going. And of course, my mission was to grow my business. Which you did. I did. So, so one of the, uh, I'll use our terms, but one of the drivers then at one point anyway, was the sense of responsibility you had to your translators mm -hmm. because they're, they made a bet on you. They did. And you need to feed their families. Yep. Um, and I, obviously feed mine as well. Right. But yeah. you're absolutely right. I remember like the translator and, and I believe she still works for the company today after I've sold it, but she was with us for like the entire lifespan of, of our company, one of many. Um, and I had just finished training her. I, I recruited her. I trained her. We worked together. 
and and she got a job offer and I remember begging her to please not take it and wow. so I felt that really strong responsibility Derek that I had to keep up my end of the bargain wow. you know I find it interesting you know I'm I'm trained as an accountant and account accounting gets you to the bottom line and I remember one of our early conversations read one of the very first podcasts you're you know asking me if it's is it always about the money? Yeah. And, and, you know, for the most part, it's never about the money as long as you have enough. Yeah. But the money is only ever really about the people. And, and um, so, I mean, there are people in business just to make money, but when you get in to serve customers, then you get all these other responsibilities, including to your employees and their families. And, um, and then it's a bigger system than you are. And, and Michelle, um, what, what was it like when you, when you moved from burning the candle, just trying to produce the product to being the, the overseer and the business generator, was that liberating for you? Yes, of course it, it was liberating for me, but of course it also wasn't a linear journey. Right. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember <clears throat> I had said, I'm, I'm not going to, I trained the translators. I trained the proofreaders. And I remember I, I had my gym bag over my shoulder and I was finally going to get to the gym and, and, you know, I was going to get, I think my nails done and meet up with my friend. Cause I was like, you know, rehiring me into my life, um, into my own life. And, and I walked into the office and my project manager says like, Hey, I have three lines here to, just to proofread. Can you just proofread them? Because otherwise I have to send them to the, to the proofreader and open a PO and la la la. It's going to be way quicker for you to do it. And I said, no. And that was really hard because it made no sense. I felt so guilty and, you know, it's like, Oh, it's only going to take you five minutes to do this. It's going to take me longer. And what I said, but those five minutes are going to hold me back and hold us back from, from growing the business. And of course, nobody really understood that at that point, but me. Um, But what I realized though, where the liberation set in Derek is when I reframed it for my team so I actually changed my job description. It, it, it takes time for the human brain to get used to change. Yeah. And, and the brain has to rehearse certain things. And until we've rehearsed it, we react the same way that we always react. Right. Every conversation sets the expectation for the next conversation. So the expectation from my team is that I was a translator. I was a proofreader. So I had to reframe that expectation. And I basically said, I have a new job. I fired myself from being a translator. My job is now I'm the chief revenue officer. That is my job. And once I changed the job description and I explained why I was offboarding myself, it was a lot easier. So that's, uh, that's profound. Now, after you be, after you became good at being chief revenue officer, um, did uh, that frustrate people because they never ever got to the bottom of their inbox? No, I, I think more so it liberated them too because I was gone most of the time <laughs> visiting clients. So. 
Yeah, I, I think it really came with that sense of liberation. And for us early on, because we were working across time zones and into the future and into the past, people had to make their own decisions very quickly without asking me. So I don't think they missed me that much after a while. Oh, uh, so I want to ask you, um, we're going to probably have to go to another episode to get to the, the story of the business, but I, I want to go back to the, this other client base that you're tired this other employer, I guess you talked about, which was your daughters. And you said you were concerned that they might fire you. Um, so having liberated yourself from, uh, you're firing yourself from being a translator. Yeah. Uh, how did how did that work on the home front, and and what's uh, what's come of that? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Thanks, Derek. Nobody's actually ever asked me that. Um, it it was really liberating. I, I mean, it took time, right? It didn't happen overnight, but I could give myself permission to say no to certain things. And, and say yes to other things, right? When we think about freedom from our business, freedom from the, the things that we don't want to be doing, it's also important to think about freedom too. Mm -hmm. And for me, that freedom from my business, freedom from translating meant freedom to take my kids to the park, freedom to take my children on a vacation, freedom to just sit and watch a show with them. And, and enjoy dinner and, and have time with them. And yes, did I still travel? Did I still go to Europe to see my clients? Was I still away from my girls? Of course. But it became more transparent and it became more my control versus let's see how much work comes in today to see how much time I get to spend with my kids. So I, I flipped it from me serving the business to the business serving me. Which was brilliant. That's such good advice. Derek, we need to have this lady on again. Uh, we, we sure do. Um, just, can I just follow up with one more question then? Uh, and that is um, how old are your daughters now? And you, you can give general terms if you don't want to be too specific. Oh, I don't know what, I'm I'm al I'm always sharing their age, and maybe they're kind of getting to a point now where I should stop doing that because they're 30 and 31 now. So <laughs> I, I think I have a limited runway where I get to share how old they are. <laughs> well, uh, those are fine ages to share, yeah. and uh, I'm sure that they're uh, delightful adults. Are they involved in entrepreneurship in any way at this point? Um, they are and they aren't. Like they're both actually gainfully employed, very successful. My youngest daughter lives in Vancouver and my eldest daughter lives, they actually just moved to New York, New York. Um, they've been through a fun journey, but they're both very driven, um, very successful and, and, and happy individuals. So I feel like I haven't hurt them too badly by being away and being an entrepreneur. Well, it sounds like a proud mama speaking, which is, uh, which is awesome. Um, I, I don't know that, you know, anyone can have it all, but I really like where you have made those choices. About, yeah, I, I th yeah. think you have most of it. You may not have it all, but you have most of it. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me at michellehecken.com. Um, just as my name is spelled, Michelle with one L. And if anyone 
wants to reach out to me and ask questions, um, Michelle at michellehecken.com. Derek, the same question goes to you if somebody wants to get hold of you. It's almost the same answer. It's, it's, it's derekhudson.ca, though. I see. Because well, I am a chartered accountant. So that's why that's what the CA stands for. I am. I'm delighted. I am glad that you both uh, both have places we can reach you. Uh, but don't ask Michelle to translate. I'm the translator now, and I will translate anything you send to me into Klingon. So until next time, for Bryn Griffiths in the studio, Derek Hudson, as our ever our mentor and student of Essential Dynamics. Did I get that right, Derek? I think I did. Sure. And. Uh, and our guest, Michelle Hecken, we're very grateful to have you here today. I'm Reed McCollum, your very handsome host, saying consider your quest. Hey.